Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Today we continue learning Hovos Halevavot by Rabbi Ba'ia Ibn Pakuda. And we are in the Gate of Humility, Chapter 4. And today Rabbi Pakuda says that in which situation it is a duty to practice humility and lowliness. I say that a person is obli obligated to conduct himself in humility in seven situations. So the first one, he says, one should be humble in his business dealings with contemporaries and in dealing kindly with the fellows, as I will explain later, when he discusses this topic in the, in the future. And he says here that in Tehillim 15, it says he's the, he is self-deprecating and contemptible in his own eyes. And this brings me um, a reminder of a book I read many years ago. I don't remember the name of the book and I don't remember the name of the person, but I remember the story. How they say about the story of the Baal Shem Tov, of the fire, that at the end they only remember the story. So I only remember the story, but it's worth saying it. There's this man that he passed away already. He was, his name was Yosef, actually. I remember Yosef. But he was from the Deal community and he was the head of the Bikur Holim of Deal of the Faradic community and one day he used to sell linens and, and towels to uh, Walmart and he went to Walmart because he had an, uh, an appointment with Walmart to sell his things and he was waiting in the, in the waiting area and this man came he looked like a very you know like not well man he looked like he was struggling in life and he came to see if they would give him an appointment with the buyers of Walmart and he's seeing how they're giving him such a hard time to give him an appointment. And um, he looks at him and says, so tell me, what do you sell? And so he says, well, I, I, I'm trying to sell linens and, and towels. He sells the same things as, as this man, Yosef. And, um, and he looked at him and says, you know what? I have to run. I don't have time for my appointment. I'm going to give you my appointment and I'm going to ask for another appointment. I'm, alre I'm already... Um, uh, they buy from me already so I don't think I'm gonna have a problem getting my appointment so I'll give you my appointment so this bring, takes me back to this story of this such a high man such a quality person imagine this is his competitor if they buy from him maybe they're not gonna buy from him and nevertheless he understood this he had this humility that and bitajon and trust in Hashem that if you, if you give to someone, you're not going to have less. Maybe Hashem makes you a bigger, a bigger ness. He gives you even more. So he, he knew this and he gave the appointment to this man. So this is what Rabbi Pakuda, this is what I, I get from what he's saying in this, um, in this uh, suggestion. And then the second one, he says one should be humble when meeting sages who are distinguished by their knowledge and of God and his Torah or pious people who are close to God. So what he's saying is, is that when you see a person that is very Torah knowledgeable, he's a, a Talmud Haham, he's a Rosh Hashiva, he's the great rabbi of a place, he's a, you know, he's a rabbi of a congregation, one must be humble in front of them. If they're saying something, you don't interrupt, you don't, you don't say something to contradict them. You're humble. The third one is when a person is praised for his good qualities, it is his duty to humble himself and recall his previous transgressions and sins. 
so of which the creator is aware though he covers over them and shows forbearance so that the person may repent for them he should not rejoice that people are mistaken in, in their judgment of him rather should they grieve since the creator may he be exalted know truly the wickedness of his deeds and his neglect in meeting his obligations to God and making a return for his favor so what he's saying here is that when someone comes to you and he says, oh, you're such a good person, you're so kind, I see what you did to this person, they're so grateful, you're so nice, you're always so nice. You know, eh, don't, don't take it so literally. Look inside of you and you'll see, okay, I wasn't so nice this morning to my husband, I screamed at him or I screamed at my mom or I haven't called my mom in two weeks. Not so nice. And then when you see that inside of you, you're not so nice, then you're going to be humble. And that more humble you're going to be when you recognize that Hashem hides all these things from others. <clears throat> the fourth one is when one is spoken of contemptuously, he should humble himself before the Creator and thank Him for revealing only a small part of what is much larger to afflict and reprove Him. So that he returned unto him, as it says, he opens their ear to discipline. So what it says is that when a person is humiliated, when a person is not talking, talked to in a nice way, the person should be humble. She, he shouldn't go and, and get angry at the other person. He should really work on being humble. A very high level of a person not only doesn't answer and doesn't get upset, he gets happy that the other person treated him like that because in that way he can he can be work on himself and he can really learn to contain himself there's a story that comes to mind of a woman that came to a shul one day and she sat on a, on a seat uh, in the women's section and then suddenly this lady came in and she started screaming at her in front of everybody that she should move that that's her seat and the lady moved she didn't say anything she kept quiet she just stood up moved quietly and then there was this other woman in the synagogue that saw the whole thing and she had been barren for many years like eight years with her husband trying to conceive a baby and it says that when you see a person that's being humiliated that's being mistreated and they keep quiet and they don't say anything that person has the ability to give blessings and they become true so she went to her at the end of the services and she says, I saw what you did, I saw how you behaved and I've been looking for a baby for so many years. Please give me a blessing that I should have a baby next year. And the lady blessed her and lo and behold, the next year she had her baby. It's a true story. So when the fifth one says that when the Creator bestows upon an individual various kinds of benefits in this world, he should be humble before God because of the heavy debt of gratitude he owes for these benefits. So when we are privileged people, this is a new word in the, in the news, privilege, privilege. When you are a privileged human being that Hashem has endowed you with a lot of goodness in your life, you should be extra humble. That's the, the consequence of being privileged. You should be humble, not arrogant, because you have to see that Hashem is the one that gives you all this goodness and, and you have to feel like, you know, I don't deserve any of this. Not that sense of entitlement, like, wow, look at what he does for me. You know, when Yaakov was going to meet his brother Esav, he was very scared and he prayed to Hashem that he should spare him. 
And one would wonder, why would Jacob be scared of his brother? Hashem is with him. And he said, I'm scared because I'm scared that my merits have diminished. What does this mean? It means that he was wealthy, he was handsome, he had beautiful family, the children were healthy, everybody was well. And he felt that he had this diminished his merits because of all this kindness that God had given him. So we see that is humbleness. And then we see that it says here that the, that the, for great wealth in this world serves one of three purposes. Either it's a blessing granted by God, may, may he be exalted, or it's a trial or a test, and a test. Or the third reason why you would be wealthy is because God is punishing you. It's a stumbling block. So the sign that it's a blessing is that it, it, the possessor is so worried of fulfilling Hashem's will with the money that he gave him. He's so worried of, of fulfilling his responsibilities to the letter of the law for all this kindness that Hashem has given him that he doesn't even, uh, he's not worried about the wealth. It's, it's not in his head. What he worries is how much tzedakah I have to give to make sure I'm giving the right amount, that I'm doing everything I need to do with the money. There's a story of the Rebbe Lubavitch that he once was giving a talk to like 300 rabbis, Shluchim, and he was giving them a talk about the responsibilities of wealth. Uh, the Alaha is very strict with people that have money, what they have to do with it. Uh, and uh, at the end of the talk, he said, whoever wants to be rich, raise your hand and I will give you a braha for, for, uh, for being uh, wealthy, that you should uh, have this, this blessing of wealth. And from the 300 rabbis, only three rabbis raised their hands because the other ones, they felt they could not keep up with the responsibility of having all that money. They would see it like it's going to come to me. It's not going to be a blessing. I'm not going to live up to it. And those three people that he gave them the blessing became very, very wealthy. So the sign that wealth is sent as a trial and a test is that it is his owner is so worried with the concern to retain the money. He's all day worried of not losing money, of making mon more money. He's all day seeing where do I put this investment? Where do I take this investment? What do I do with this amount of money? How can I make more money? How can I keep the money I have? He's so worried with this that <clears throat> he gets nothing out of it but continual worry. And this is the test. This is the test, that the person is so worried that, that he's not even able to enjoy the, the blessing. He's not even being able, and that's the test. And the sign that the wealth is a punishment is that its processor is so busy enjoying the rich life <clears throat> and taking pleasure of the world that he forgets that there's obligations to the creator. And he forgets who is the benefactor that gave him all this manner, money, and he fails to realize that he owes a debt of service for his good fortune. And this is like being a, a dead but alive. This is like living dead in the world because you're not living up to your purpose. You're not using your wealth for what it's meant to be. So the sixth one is when one studies the Torah and the books of the prophets and reads of the reward and punishments and he knows that he has been deficient in his duties towards God, he's obligated to humble himself and be lowly before the Creator, 
may he be exalted out of fear of his punishment, as it says, Yoshiyahu. When the king heard the words of the book of the Torah, he rent his clothes. And the creator responds to him was because your heart was soft and you humbled yourself before God, I too have heard. So what it means is that when we learn Torah, when a person learns Torah, he has to humble himself. He cannot become an arrogant person. Because the more you learn, the more you know you don't know, number one. The more you learn, the more you realize how deficient you are in your service to Hashem. And this should create uh, humble feelings. And the last one says, when one is engaged in any act of service, such as giving a tzedakah, charity, offering prayer, performing an obligatory or voluntary act, or voicing rebuke, he should not engage in it with any pride or arrogance in his heart. Rather, he should be humble and lowly before the Creator, both outwardly and inwardly. You know, when you're giving charity, when you're giving money to someone else or you're helping someone else, it should be come from a place of, 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 of humbleness. Like, you know, God gave me this opportunity to help this person, but at the same time, the other person is putting himself in that place so I can do something good in my life. And, and this won't allow you to become despondent and, and proud. And offering prayer, when you pray, also be, be, you know, be humble. We don't pray with the head up, we pray with the head down. Because it's a sign of humbleness. When we do the Shemone Azrei, the Amidah, we take three, three steps back and three steps forward. Why? Because first we go back, first we, we, we humble ourselves. Then we can go and approach the king. And performing an obligatory or voluntary act or voicing rebuke, he should not engage in it with any pride or arrogance in his heart. When you're saying someone something to somebody that you're rebuking them, do it from the love of your heart. Don't do it because you want to feel that you're better than them. Do it with real concern that you know that that person is wonderful and it, that person has should be the best that they can be. It pains you to see them doing something that is not befitting for them. This is humbleness. You, you want the best for them, not for you, for them. So I, these, are, these are great, great, um, great uh, con, uh, consejos uh, of, of Rabbi Pakuda. He's really giving us advice, good advice. It came to me the word. Sometimes I forget the Spanish, the English. And he's giving us advice of, of how to maintain ourselves humble. And it's not only that we should be like this obligation. This is how we should be. We should, this is, everybody should be like this. This is nothing special. This is what is expected of us. So I wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.